0: Have you ever seen an action movie ever a spy movie? Just hide that shit. I mean, they're not supposed to be good at their job boys
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 585 with our review of the entire Bad Boys trilogy. I'm Christopher Schnazy.
0: And I'm Stephen Miller.
1: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, This week, as I mentioned just a second ago, we're kind of going outside of the normal format. Um, This week, Bad Boys for Life came out, and uh, we were going to review that for you. But we thought, since Stephen and I maybe shamefully, maybe not, have not actually partaken in the trilogy up until this point. At least
0: not of full sobriety and consciousness. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, there were definitely scenes that I've watched before somehow, whether it was on TV or walking through a room where it was playing. Um, but this is the first time we sat down and for real watched all three of the films. Uh, so we are going to bring you a sort of triple review of Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2, and Bad Boys for Life. Once again, we're going to break the format a little bit more in that because Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2 are much older films, we are going to let f- let free our spoiling flag and we are going to be able to talk openly about those first two films, um, spoilers included, but then when we get to the actual real review of Bad Boys for Life, it will be the normal review, spoiler-free, and then I'm sure we'll going to we're going we're to gonna want to have a little bit of a spoiler talk after we've gotten through that part of the review. So, if you are somebody out there who listens to the MP3 feed, um you might want to switch over to the M4A feed, uh the enhanced feed because you will have chapter markers for all three films and if you really just want to know what we thought about uh Bad Boys for Life, you can skip ahead to that. Uh but if you want the full spoiler warning experience, you got to just do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, how you doing tonight, Steven? I'm doing good. I
0: just spent a long weekend watching a ton of Michael Bay movies, so <laughs> feeling, feeling fresh. So we did we did the whole Bad Boys trilogy, both of us, this weekend. Yep. But then I also caught up with Six Underground, too, just because I felt like I needed to like complete the saga of Michael <laughs> Bay movies about people in cars. Um,
1: and I had forced you to watch the first 20 minutes of Six yep. Underground already before one of the past reviews that we did. Because, I mean, that... Regardless of what you feel about Six Underground, the first 20 minutes of it are a must-watch. Great, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you have to see it. When,
0: when it opened, I was like, technically, I could start like 20-something minutes in because I've seen this already. But then I, mean, no, I was like, no you, way. Yeah, I'm you definitely to,
1: not going to do that. You wanted to watch all that again. Yeah. I think if somebody, if an alien came to you from another planet and said, I've heard tales of Michael Bay, who or what is Michael Bay? You just show him the first 20 minutes of Six Underground, and then they'll be like... Makes sense.
0: It is definitely the Bayest thing I've seen, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, I'm doing okay. How about you?
1: I am doing well. Um, I think we're both sort of over our colds that we've had uh, yeah. recently in the last few weeks. So that's cool. Um, got to spend the weekend, as you said, watching all these uh, Michael Bay films. So um, I think this will be a fun, fun review. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. It's, once again, we're off our game, it's off the normal format. Um, but we're going to be, you know, we're just going to be getting in our car and driving wild through the streets of Miami so it it should be fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Are we um are are you going to refresh us with the synopsis of every movie cuz I've realized I don't think I remember anything about the second movie.
1: <laughs> yes, so we will treat each of these films sort of in the style of a normal review. So we will start with trailers for each one, mm-hmm. do a quick synopsis of the films sort of by memory, <laughs> and uh, then we'll let people know what we thought. Uh, cool. So you ready to do this, Steven? Yep, I'm ready. You ready to uh, ride or die or whatever? Oh, I'll, I'll ride or die. <laughs> I'm already skidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are going to start with the film Bad Boys. Uh, we are going to take a listen to the trailer for Bad Boys, and then we are going to come back and give you all a review. From Miami detectives Marcus Burnett no, 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 no. and Mike Lowry Buenos dias, mi amor.
0: It was the ultimate nightmare
1: This was our career bust which is what, $100 million? Just do what you do, only faster Let's try to do this right No gunshots No dead bodies Correctly, the last couple dead bad guys belong to you. Please, you ain't even trying to compare body counts. Why
0: Why should I keep going all day? I'm out. out. No, this case. We got 72 hours before the FBI and the DEA walk in here and shut us down.
1: You know, your job almost slow enough to drive Miss Daisy. This murder and this witness. You ain't with the bad guys now, you with the cops.
0: Is this a family station wagon? Oh, my God, you got a baby seat in the back?
1: I'm going to put them... Look
0: at you. Look
1: at you.
0: Can you stay focused? What are you talking about? I'm focused. Yeah, focused on all this scattered ass around here. To the ultimate test.
1: Ah! Columbia Pictures presents... Don't be
0: alarmed, we're Negroes. Too much bass
1: in your voice. That's scary, white folk. Martin Lawrence. We were wondering if we can borrow some brown sugar. Will Smith. You see, you around you. Sir. The law will be served. This will be done. You forgot your boarding pass. Oh, sh-
0: and boys will be boys. Bad boys. What you gonna do?
1: Bad boys, bad boys, what, what you gonna, gonna do? do? What you gotta do when they come for you? All right, so the film Bad Boys, the first in this trilogy of films, um, is basically about two cops who uh, who are partners, and they work at a precinct um, which had a little uh, evidence locker, evidence vault, and a group of individuals have broken into that vault overnight and stolen two pallets full of cocaine. And... Uh, Yeah, that's a lot of drugs to get on the street. Um, It's going to be their asses if they don't find it. So they have like 72 hours or some made-up restriction on how long it's going to be. And uh, they, um, through a series of events, have people close to them uh, who cross paths with the bad guys. And they have to go out on a little mission to find a witness who saw what happened in one case in which the main bad guy fought somebody. (laughs) Um uh, and killed somebody over these drugs and they have to follow this trail that the witness has and uh, try to find the bad guys so that they can get these drugs back off the street and uh, protect everybody from this uh you know bad man and these for bad shame. drugs is that the name of the bad guy yeah i think so <laughs> uh, or is that the scenario <laughs> for
0: shame on you for not remembering his name
1: <laughs> all right so Stephen miller what did you think of bad boys
0: i i had competing feelings about bad boys so on the one hand, this is a pretty fucking dumb movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I don't want to spoil too much, but this is going to be a throughline of a lot of our reviews tonight. I think um, th- <laughs> th- this is a movie where I don't think the plot holds up particularly well. I also I, I was intrigued by how offbeat this movie was. Like I was expecting the fully mature Michael Bay of action spectacle spectacle acclaim, which means I was expecting kind of nonstop thrill ride of crazy shit, crazy shit, crazy shit. Crazy shit. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, like, throwing <laughs> quips at each other while things are exploding around them. Yeah. Um, and instead, what what this is is a much more kind of... Subdued would be the nice way to put it, and, like, incredibly uneven would be the more critical way to put it movie, where it, there's kind of a thrilling opening, a thrilling conclusion, and then a solid, like, hour and 15 minutes in the middle of the movie where, like, not a whole lot is moving forward. And it it plays much more as, like, a a comedy about, like, two wacky, unlikely buddies, basically. Like, people who shouldn't be together, but who are together, needing to imitate each other. Um, but I still found a good amount of charm just in the Michael Bayness of it all. And this—so this is the first Michael Bay feature-length movie. This is the movie that kind of, aside from the Aaron Burr-Got Milk commercial, this is the thing that introduced the world to <laughs> Michael Bay. Um, and— you can see already the seeds of everything that would become his signature, right? You've got the the quick cuts, the shaky cam, the kind of irreverent sense of humor, and I think the the end of this movie where it culminates in a kind of big shootout car chase extravaganza, one of multiple movies this year to end with like a big fight on a uh, on a airport tarmac and it would not be the last in in action movie tropes. Um That, I think, is where the movie really starts to come alive and you start to see, like, what it is about him that kind of put him on the map. Um, I don't think all the comedy works. I did kind of like, in a nostalgic way, how 90s so much of this movie felt. Uh, Like, the bad guy is, like, an extremely cheesy 90s villain. I don't know what the second movie's excuse is. (laughs) Um, uh, Tia Leone's character uh, Julie who's like the witness that they're keeping around she just feels like incredibly 90s like everything about that character about the quips about the way that the three of them will like stop an important situation to like have a conversation about how Martin Lawrence doesn't get late enough and stuff like that like it, it all just feels very 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 cheesy in a kind of dated way um I like the recurrence of all these people that would become Sopranos, people like (laughs) Michael Imperioli and uh, Joe Pantoliano, who is the chief or the captain who's going to appear in all the movies. Um, Yeah, there was fun stuff to recommend it, but it was also kind of shaky. Like if this were the first movie of Michael Bay's I had seen, I would think like that guy knows how to stage a stunt film and I don't know that he should be making his own movies. <laughs> I, yeah. like I, I would not yet know because I think the story is pretty uneven and the plot is kind of like, like basically the lead characters save this movie from what would otherwise be just a kind of like I think unendurably long, like stakeless plot situation. But it was I, I had fun watching it anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I think that this film. Spoilers for the rest of the reviews, I think is the weakest of the films. Um, I know the critical consensus is that the second one may be weaker, at least that the Rotten Tomatoes score is to um, be something you judge it by. It's definitely lower for the second one. But I think that this film doesn't quite yet know what it wants to be. And that's, you know, this is somebody who didn't watch them in real time. This is Mm -hmm. somebody who watched them after the fact in one large block.
0: This is year before midnight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Except for in that the journey is getting to know these people who are getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. We are now watching partners who maybe we'll find out chronologically haven't been partners for too long, yeah. <laughs> but it's still two partners who um, y- this film is supposed to survive based on the, the, the chemistry that those two have. And while they do have some of that chemistry, they haven't really like sat in – they haven't like synced into – what they want to be um the later films that may be much stronger than Mm. here um and i think for me this is a film that doesn't have enough bay to override my crisp brain Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so um there are a number of things in the story that seem silly to me not because the story is dumb but because The things they're talking about don't make sense in their own context. So, for instance, one of the big plot beats, which is running through the entire film, is that the witness girl, right before her friend gets killed, she says, The only person in the world I would trust if I was in trouble is Mike Lowry. Mm -hmm. So, when she gets in trouble, she calls the police station. She says, I will only speak to Mike Lowry. Martin Lawrence's character is not Mike Lowry. But he has to on the phone pretend like he's Mike Ratt- Lowry, and we get into this situation where now he they have to be pretend to be each other. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, once she's once she ha- once the witness has the trust, because obviously she lets Will Smith come in, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she's fine with him also helping. Once they get together, the jig is up at that point. There is no reason to continue the charade of who is who because. She's already agreed to work with everybody, and she's fine with both of them being there. So it's this whole plot mechanic of them pretending to be each other, which has some humorous moments, but they're sort of front-loaded. And later on, they become less so. And they even play the characters, though she's figuring out that, that each of them are each other. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really amount to anything. It's just this gag that's running through the whole thing, which doesn't make sense because now that they're both in the house, why don't they just say who they each are? <laughs> um, so that sort of stuff um sort of didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, it was like a thing that that didn't really uh, it 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 felt like it was extra and didn't really need to be there. <laughs> then you have um the running gag between these two characters is Martin Lawrence's character is like the the real cop who has to live his life on a cop's salary and uh, Will Smith's character is the trust fund kid and has all this crazy stuff. Fucking, Martin Lawrence's house is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he's not hurting for anything. Sure, he doesn't have the fancy car that Will Smith has, but he's definitely not like, oh, I really need this job because if I don't keep this job, everything's going to be terrible for me. So it's like this running gag about how rich Will Smith is, but like... You're pretty rich too, I think. Have you considered
0: <laughs> that you've just been living in San Francisco too long?
1: Maybe, maybe. but I, I he has multiple that, rooms. But he has multiple stories, and like it looks like a nice house, and uh, it's like on the water.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true.
1: I feel I feel like he. If hey, you're
0: filming in Miami, it better be on the
1: water. <laughs> yeah. I, I just feel like there's a bunch of things where it's like you're trying to convince me that these characters have this relationship based on a past, but the past that you're writing about, we're not seeing the reality of it. So when these jokes happen. They don't feel – they don't land with the same weight that they would normally. Um, But all in all, this is like – it's a fine film. It feels like any of the other action films that I would have watched back in the 90s. Um, But it it definitely feels like I want more from from it, especially from these two characters who I have – grown up watching a bunch of their other films. Like, I, I used to go to the movies with my dad all the time and watch a bunch of, like, the old Martin Lawrence films, like Blue Streak and Nothing to Lose and, yeah. like, a bunch of these things, even, like, Big Mama's House. Right? <laughs> I'm used to seeing him as a comedic actor. And then Will Smith obviously has a, a million films that I've been growing up watching him. So watching these two play off each other, they don't yet have that, like, brotherly love or that sort of, like, real partner vibe that... I know these two can have because I've seen them do that in other things. So it feels like a film that is like the starting components of what a film could be.
0: Yeah. No, I I think I see that. And I do, I think the running gag about the switched identities is kind of what hurts the pace of the movie to me because it kind of, it really slows down to enjoy that joke. And I also don't think the payoff is really worth it beyond the first, maybe 10 minutes or something. Yeah. Uh, Like, I feel like it doesn't mine it for as much insanity as I would have expected if it was going for a full like freaky Friday as a bad comp. But like there are plenty of movies <laughs> where like people are having to assume the other person and like yeah. there's something funny that comes from that. And this just kinda like it's very low key about it in a way that like doesn't make sense if I were making this movie not as the beginning of a like franchise that was going to exist forever, yeah. but as like a movie that just had to hold up on its own. Um but then I do I also kind of respect how like chill and hang out-y the movie feels like it does yeah it doesn't quite feel the need to impress you all the time the way that michael bay would eventually become um but yeah the the humor was hit or miss for me but it was i i I think also just seeing martin lawrence again made me made me feel good (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) uh
1: yeah so uh any last comments about the first film before we get into verdicts for bad boys
0: um i think if we are rating big bads in the franchise even though this movie i agree is like a. it it might be the weakest of the we'll see i to me this is probably going to tie with another one that we talk about but i think this villain is the best villain of the three um i think his character is just over the top in the right way and i kind of believe like the ruthlessness of his organization in the way that other bad guys didn't work for me the same
1: yeah, I mean you you get who he is and you get the he, he's not uh he is not a like dark knight joker style character where he's just like oh I'm crazy. He is methodical and villainous mm-hmm. in a way where like his whole intro that we see him at is that he uh they hire a guy to dress as a police officer to be the distraction but the distraction is that they shoot him so that all the cops in the city rush to the aid of the downed officer yeah. um so you see his willingness to kill people indiscriminately um just because that's the that's his plan yeah. um,
0: I I also think his gang like his posse of bad guys are all just very like memorable and distinctive looking in a way that was fun like like there's all these different characters who they're going to run into throughout the movie and one by one have to kind of take out and each one of them it it does this thing where when you see them for just an instant you know like oh that's one of the bad guys in a way that i found fun and again kind of very 90s whereas the 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 bad guys in bad boys 2 that we talk about, like I found basically nothing to distinguish them from anyone else in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like it, like it was really hard. You didn't get a feel for these kind of like fun over the top character actors playing all the henchmen. So yeah, that, yeah. that was kind of a, a fun to be had, especially in like the the nightclub scene in this movie. It was kind of fun like seeing them and be like, "Oh shit, it's that guy." Um, so I like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, the opening of this film is is kind of the best part of the film where you get to see the bad guy and his crew execute this heist in, like, a very methodical and, like, oh, that's actually, like, a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think that that is the sort of stuff that doesn't really carry out through the rest of the film. It's a thing that, like, you get to see that and you're like, okay, cool, I'm amped for this. Cool, cool, these bad guys are blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, okay, it's just Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, and then the 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 chief guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think casting uh, Joe Penn... Joe Pantoliano, yeah, Joe Pantoliano. I think that is one of the better decisions they made in this franchise because in all these movies, seeing him again is like a high point for me. So, oh, for sure, I'm, I'm for sure a fan of uh, whatever he's bringing to the movie. He's
1: de- my, my favorite version of him. Spoilers for later in the review is in the second film when he's like doing all the Wu-Shaw stuff. Ah. And like,
0: <laughs> Serenity now!
1: <laughs> he's de- he- he's definitely like playing. I mean, th- they're doing the trope of like the chief is mad at them because they're always ruining everything in the city, but he really sells it in this like when he's drinking his uh, Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, and I, I think what this really establishes is so the, the Michael Bay style that this brings up, it kind of reminds me of like, in Uncut Gems, there are moments when the soundtrack is so loud you can barely hear what people are saying. I feel like in Michael Bay movies, the style, like the editing, is so intense that you can't always understand what's happening anymore, even in just basic conversations. And there's a way in which, like, his character and the whole signifier of, like, the chief doesn't want the bad boys to like he wants to keep them on a leash he doesn't want them to screw stuff up but it's so shorthanded it almost doesn't exist it's just kind of like yeah you know this story so he's going to say a few things and then you know three seconds later they're going to be on their way and he'll be fine again like yeah there's just an interesting thing about this movie where they're like they're not trying to set up stakes in that traditional way they're more just like like, having a, like, hangout movie with the vague assumption that those stakes exist. Well, so, and I, I kind of thought that was fun. So
1: that's the thing, is for the majority of the runtime of this film, they there technically are no stakes to them. I mean, there have been consequences, but there aren't stakes, because mm-hmm. to them, they're just trying to get drugs back before, like, the CIA person, or whoever's higher than whatever their division is, yeah. comes in and, like, takes them off of yeah. Detective work or whatever the bad guy is. is. The
0: rule of law, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, but once the bad guy knows the connection through the witness, then there become real stakes Mm -hmm. where it's like, the shit just got real. Yeah. (laughs) So. Which can.
0: Can there be a character with more, like, inscrutable motives than the witness in this and the way she just, like, shows up to, like, scenes where they're fighting the bad guy? And then later, like, moments later, she's yelling, like, you call this protective custody? It's like, <laughs> yeah, you fucking ruined protective custody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. None of that matters. But it, I I felt like they really went far in making, like, yeah, my actions are not going to make any sense in this movie.
1: Yeah. But... What does that say for verdicts, though, Steven? So let's go ahead and get to verdicts for Bad Boys, the first mm-hmm. film. Steven Miller, if you're going to do this, a must-see, a record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you have given it if it were in theaters? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is all
0: about, like, ooh, putting myself in those shoes. So there's always a curve. In this case, it would be the kind of fun action movie curve, the curve with which Furious 7 gets, like, a must-see. Um, I-, I would give this one... Uh, a rental, I guess, just to give it room to grow, I think it's a totally fun hangout movie <laughs> It's exactly the kind of thing you throw on on a Sunday and like like shoot the shit to like maybe like check a few emails while it's on, maybe pay close attention
1: check all those emails during the middle of the film
0: yeah like 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 it's a movie that has because of the cast, especially it has like enough to recommend it, but it's not really doing anything special and I think now in a world where we already know this story and these tropes so well and michael bay style it isn't really the best example of any of them
1: and it is hard to even in a world where we could erase all action films between 1995 or whatever this came out and till now we except for obviously this trilogy the trilogy itself frames it within the modern landscape of what action films are mm-hmm. doing at those times and how the things – like, just the delivery of the lines and stuff and the, the cheesiness of the story is so 90s. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to gauge that against a film that would come out today. Um, but,
0: but Yeah, I kind of couldn't believe that – so this and Heat came out in the same year. And I kind of couldn't believe that this predated it because it almost felt like this was like parodying some of the stylistic things that Michael Mann was going to do. But I'm sure they're both drawing from another well and I just don't know the like canonical example they're both pointing to.
1: Yeah. Well, I am also going to give it a wait for rental um, if it was the film that we had watched in theaters way back then, um, which is one of the first films we've done for a while that predates the podcast. Mm -hmm. So that's all fun. Um, But yeah, so two rentals from us. And that means it is time to get into our review of Bad Boys 2. (laughs) We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Bad Boys 2, and then we're going to come back and give you all a review. With the drugs oh! no drugs so all that is for nothing uh, wait, hold on. Oh! i mean we didn't we did some of it well well i was at a family barbecue
0: <laughs> since 9-11 we've gone high-tech over the water So the dope runners have gone low.
1: The biggest shipment on record is coming in tonight, and we want to know who's behind it. What can go wrong with that? With you alive. I can't be in a gunfight every day. We just want to talk. You want to talk? Oh, God. They can't hear you because they're still shooting at you.
0: You all right, man? Bullets, man you didn't
1: tell
0: marcus
1: about us no mike he's my brother okay don't be scared whoa hey i ain't say i was scared Ah. just something wrong with your brother mike did you notice when we left everybody was dead no no we didn't kill the one dude this has got to be the worst most emotional cop week of my life yeah it's been a little rough The United States does not negotiate with hostage-takers. This is not just a situation. It's my sister.
0: I don't want to know what you guys are cooking up.
1: We ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. Right, so Bad Boys 2 is the follow up to Bad Boys, obviously. Um, But instead of drugs being stolen from uh, the evidence locker and being re released onto the streets, there is a new baddie in town or outside of town who is uh, bringing his drugs into the city via. Oh, yeah, he's bringing drugs into the city um, in these uh, coffins and then smuggling money back out of the city in cadavers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So this big bad is doing this and uh, our bad boys um, learn about uh, this drug deal going down. They try to do a bust. Of course, they bust not the big bad. They bust just some you know, little racist KKK members, and they only get two bags of drugs, Um, and nobody believes them that their tip was real, and they kind of go off to try to prove themselves and show that this uh, drug cartel guy is trying to bring all these drugs into Miami, and they try to follow the source back and find um, where he is and what he's doing, and, uh, you know, they do the thing that they do, which is go sort of off the book and uh, be bad boys. (laughs) Stephen Miller, what did you think of bad boys, too?
0: Um, I think this is definitely the fast five of the trilogy. <laughs> this is this is where they become Team America World Police. <laughs> um, like, you know, Bad Boys, the original, is so contained, right? It, it's confined to Miami, but it's also confined to a relatively small case where the stakes... There's a personal element, but for the most part, it's very much like, I want to stop these guys because my ass is on the line you know we need to we need to figure out where the drugs went so we can get them back end of story and it's kind of subdued you know it has it has its major set pieces but not the same caliber not the same budget i think and this movie (laughs) everything just kind of goes fucking crazy yeah Um, including like if i can say the negative before i praise the action in this movie It goes crazy to the point where the plot is, like, so unmemorable. I, like, I truly, beyond the set pieces, I'm having trouble recalling it. And I watched it yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Um, I I mean, so there are things. uh, I I like the casting. Again, I think these movies always do a great job of casting secondary characters. Uh, Michael Shannon as the KKK guy was a fun...
1: Uh, Like, this film's biggest crime is not having more Michael Shannon. Yeah, it
0: definitely did not use Michael Shannon to his fullest potential. Um, But but i thought it was fun um i like again uh the the captain the chief starts his real great lines here my favorite that i wrote down while watching it is i'm going to have so much brass up my ass i could be playing the star spangled banner <laughs> 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 he would follow that up with a colonoscopy line in the in the third movie yeah. um but it really like this is about the action and not just the action this is about the cars right it seems like Michael Bay realized the best part of Bad Boys was the end, the chase scene at the end of that last movie that ends with Will Will Smith telling Martin Lawrence, like, that is how you drive from now on. When you drive, that's how I want you to drive. <laughs> and it seems like he took that message to heart in a very real way because by my rough tally, there are at least three rather extended set pieces that are, like, solely car-based action in this yeah. movie. Uh, there's the probably the best one, I think, is the car chase that involves a truck that is dropping other cars and then a boat. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is just and like th- that is the closest to six underground that this franchise gets yeah. i think is like that chase and just the havoc that michael bay is like giddily throwing out yeah. in the in the streets however much is cg what is practical i don't even know but it feels like a lot of shit blew up in real life yeah. um to to make this movie uh, there's another car chase where the same thing is happening but with bodies in the movie there is a car chase in cuba where in the most team america thing ever there's literally like a period of 5 minutes where they are just driving through shacks
1: (laughs) (laughs) that that was the thing you when we when we talked you had not seen that scene yet Mm. and i was like man i i don't even want to tell you yet like when that that scene where it's like you joked about fast five or whatever i think fast five is the one where they run on top of the shacks yeah yeah. and it's like they went to the same set and just drove a Hummer through that (laughs) down a hill and i was like this where this is All the budget is building an entire city on the side of a mountain and then driving a Hummer through it. Yeah, just to destroy
0: it. Um, And it it really does get to you like, uh, there's no point analyzing these movies from a perspective of what if this is serious? What is it saying about the world? Clearly, the message would be terrible. It's like rogue cops want to be able to like beat the shit out of people and like not check what is legal and what is not and like drive into shacks in foreign countries and just assume nobody's in them. (laughs) Like it's crazy on its surface, but it is also just so like hilariously over the top in the way that they solve these things. Like that whole, that destruction that involves the Cuban army (laughs) a a giant mansion (laughs) with like a little girl that they don't know exists i don't think at the beginning um the body count is insane and it is all to rescue one person (laughs) from cuba (laughs) when the government said they're not allowed to do it anymore that's when they call in the seal bros that's when they call in like it is just so over the top and and it really is i think the like the most michael bay thing that well a six underground it, it competes with six underground for being the most michael bay thing i've seen in a long time um because it, it just has it has the the driving set pieces the ridiculous destruction it has the like military bros who are like yeah i'm a contractor i'm gonna show you how it's done and just like yeah. wreak havoc on their own in a kind of very you know uh 13 hours type of way um and yeah i don't know it, it was silly. It was very silly. Between the set pieces, could not tell you what happened. I do not remember at all. And so there there were probably still periods of time where the movie dragged for me, but the the over-the-top ridiculousness was a lot of fun, even as the dumbness kind of kept increasing. And I think Will Smith and um, Martin Lawrence, their banter does get better, like they've settled into more of a groove here. So they, they have more kind of funny back and forth and the way that they tease each other i think there's a, a period of time where martin lawrence is telling him about like not being able to get an erection there's a, <laughs> a, a, another precursor of conversations that'll happen in the third movie um yeah it is silly it is very 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 silly but the havoc was impressive he is definitely blowing up a lot of money in this movie <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, the first film, I think the budget was something around $13 million or $19 million. And then the budget for this film was $130 million. Large step up. Yeah. Um, I, it
0: helps to do uh, Armageddon and Pearl Harbor in between those yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but this is definitely a film where it's like, I got a shit ton of money to just put all that money on the screen and do fun action that I thought was would be cool. And that's what Michael Bay did. Um, I think that this is sort of... Michael Bay has become pro-military but hasn't connected that to America Go yet. Hmm. So this, like, it's not quite the jingo- jingoistic message of some of his future films. But he is just, like, obsessed with, like, yeah, I'm going to put, like, ex-Delta Force people and, like, all these people and, like, guys with guns and straps and, like, all sorts of stuff. And It's, it's like-, like Trump is casting it. Like, I want a big, strong, <laughs> <Yeah>. burly man. <laughs> we got the hottest soldiers. <laughs> Um but yeah, so so he he's definitely starting to get obsessed with the might that is the military forces of America, but you don't see the American flags going everywhere like you see in like, you know, Transformers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um so but but you do get like this opens with a huge mission where like you, you're not even watching a Bad Boys movie yet. You're watching some military strike that's about to happen to take down all these people, and then it sort of, like, does the joke as it switches from being, like, this KKK rally to, like, the two of them pulling off their robes and being like, yeah, check it out. We're here. We're going to fight you now. Um, but I, I think that he really goes above and beyond with the action, and it's like this starts to feel like the Michael Bay that we now know. And mm-hmm. I think that this is really in this series at least, him coming into his own. But on top of that, on top of all the fun, um, all the action, all the ridiculousness of bodies flying all over the road, There's like that scene you were talking about with the army at the end, they literally have like C4 on a radio-controlled car that they drive up to some soldiers playing soccer, and they all go up and play with it, and then they explode it, and you see the limbs go flying everywhere the way you see them in like Six Underground. Mm -hmm. But outside of all that stuff, they nailed the relationship stuff between these characters. Like, I think this is what they wanted to do in the first film. Like, these characters, the, the, you know, the actors, everybody participating realized what the first film was. And now they're just having fun. And I think the first film was like, we're trying to make an action film. Let's let's do this. And the second film was like, we're bad boys. Let's just fucking do this. <laughs> like, mm. it, it's a different attitude. And they really sell that relationship. I believe these guys have been working together for ten years or whatever, right? I I, I feel their relationship, and then what they they do a smart thing, which is they add a sister for Marcus that can be in this little thing where he she's sort of in a relationship with with um, Mike and now their relationship together the partners gets to play off of that relationship and it it ups the stakes of the relationships between them and then they i think this is the first one they start to bring in the idea of wanting to not be bad boys anymore Uh and i like there are emotional stakes between the characters and that adds this level of authenticity to what these characters are doing and it's not just these two guys going off and being bad boys it's these two guys who feel like a unit. And, like, I, I think for the first time I was like, yeah. Like, not only are you nailing the relationship between these characters, not only are there, is their humor working, like, way more for me the second time around, but then you also have this insane action that makes up for everything. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the worst part about this film is the fucking villain. <laughs> he is by far the worst actor I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, every time he's on screen. He's just screen, a little
0: dweeb, basically. Yeah,
1: like, he doesn't... Like, he thinks he's in the first film, and now they're, like, getting a little more serious, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they cast that guy. Like, I think if they swap these two villains, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be able to be. <laughs> right. like, the same story. But, I mean, I, I feel like the seriousness of this guy is just not there, and it feels really dumb. And, yeah, like, him with his mom, and, like, it just feels like that is the immature Michael Bay like having those back and forth with those people and acting in that way but mm-hmm. then you have the more mature relationship that you have with with you know uh,
0: so i have a question for you and this is genuine because again it is just completely gone from my brain <laughs> what ev- ev- all of these movies there's something between them that like they are working through or that they're trying to learn what is it in this movie because it isn't him fucking his sister because that's only like revealed at the end and it's kind of like thrown out without a whole lot more like what what is the what is the dynamic in this movie like against it's it's getting shot it's
1: getting shot in the butt Uh (laughs) it's a metaphor for their relationship Mm -hmm. mike is the wild one and he's gonna go off and do all the crazy shit and uh you know, Marcus. He's got a family. He's like trying to like do this thing, and he's realizing that he should settle down and maybe have some more relaxing yep. time. And whoosha, whoosha. <laughs> and I, I think it's really about like when we were younger, we were bad boys, and we're still bad boys now. But sometimes I don't want to be that bad of a boy, and I don't want to be like almost dying all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think I think before sort of the the that there's a little bit of animosity between between where their lifestyles were it was just sort of like i'm the party guy and then he's like oh man i settled down and i can't really party like you could and in this one it's like oh i don't want to party like you could Yeah, <laughs> and he's still like no we got to go out there and do this shit yep. so okay yeah
0: okay.
1: and then there's the sister it, thing. it bleeds into the third movie that's yeah, why yeah, i'm having, sure.
0: having trouble keeping track of them
1: yeah no no i, I definitely think it does
0: yeah I do have to say I like the parallelism of this movie ends with, now that's how you're supposed to shoot. From now on, that's how you shoot. <laughs> yeah. I was so ready, so ready for him to learn a third thing in the third movie, and we'll find out if he does.
1: Yep. There, there's one more thing I want to talk about. Like For the first, first film, I talked about things where it's like, we're doing these because we think we're supposed to, but it's not really like cool and doesn't really make sense. I, I like the general story of what they're do, trying to do. Like, we know this stuff's happening. We have to get the proof. We'll try to go sort of semi-illegal about our proof just so that we can get a legit warrant, so that we can go... Oh, yeah. That's one of the, that's one of the big things is the Miami police have arrested this guy, the villain, multiple times. Mm-hmm. But every time they arrest him, not only does he get off, but he sues the police department and ends up getting like a $9 million settlement. So basically the police force knows he's bad and knows the drugs are probably from him, but they will not do anything about it without absolute proof. (laughs) Uh, Well, (laughs) but so basically they won't do anything about it until they have enough proof to actually arrest him. Um, So they go off on these little missions where they try to get proof. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I am all for going around and bugging mansions um so you can try to get proof so you can do a thing
0: that's just a wednesday
1: uh or 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 bugging morgues that's that's cool too sure the thing is the cameras they're putting around they're not hiding them (laughs) they're just like at one point there is like a medical sign on the door so it's a big white sign and a big red cross or big red plus sign He just puts the camera in the center of the plus sign. (laughs) Like, it's just anybody walking through that room is going to see this camera there. It's not hidden. And then, like, Martin Lawrence, like, puts it right on top of the light where it's like a little black box sticking on top of an all-white light canister thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, come on, guys. Just just, have you ever seen an action movie ever? A spy movie? Just hide that shit. I mean, they're not supposed to be good at their job, boys. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're bad at their job, boys. Um, but yeah so there, there's a bunch of silly things like that that makes me remember that this isn't like a legit <laughs> like we're trying to make sure everything is as cool as possible like it's not trying to be Mission Impossible right it's just yeah. bad boys trying to have fun but yeah it just moments like that I was like come on you guys are doing so good why did you just do this but yeah should we get a verdict then for sure. Bad Boys 2 alright Stephen Miller if you're gonna give Bad Boys 2 a you must see recommend with a caveat wait for until pass with a caveat or must avoid what would you give it
0: it's teetering but on the strength of the moment that the boat comes out on the freeway
1: <laughs> it's go- <laughs> it's going up to
0: recommend with a caveat um, I think again this is like a very kind of empty calorie action flick as it, I, like, I'm like, i not playing this up like I truly watched it yesterday and I, could, I can't remember anything beyond the set pieces uh, but it's it's fun it's very again all of these are like date themselves in a kind of fun way and this is very early aughts insanity and it is kind of like michael bay coming into his bayness a little bit more um and yeah the car chases are a whole lot of fun uh so yeah it, it's stupid but it's fun
1: yeah, I, I think this movie is awesome. <laughs> I'm going to give it a big recommend on the caveat. Um, oh, I, I thought you were going to
0: go all the way. No,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> not if, – if they had a better villain, I think this might this might be able to be go all the way-ish enough to, to kind of pull off that. Um, but, yeah, as we said with – or as I said with the first one, it's impossible to not have some sort of, like, reverse curve of being, like, a film made in 1995 – that's kind of not the best Mm -hmm. (laughs) well-written, kind of like my English, (laughs) Um, uh, it's hard to judge that against modern-day films. Likewise, it's hard to not look at this progression that has come from Bad Boys to Bad Boys 2. And while... There's some really terrible acting in the second one. I think the action and sort of the relationship stuff pushes it over the line and makes this uh, a good step up from uh, Bad Boys, the first one. Yep. Um, so I'm going to give it a big uh, recommend. So there you have it. That means it is time for us to talk about Bad Boys for Life, which is an unfortunate title since they're making a fourth Bad Boys apparently already. Mm. And they've already, uh, they've already ruined the four Life part.
0: I told you forever.
1: That's going to be it. Mark my words. It's... Uh, well, you've heard it here, folks. Yep. Bad boys forever. All right. So since we are getting into the part of the franchise that came out this weekend, um, we are going to treat this as a normal review. So spoilers are gone. Actually, We... I feel like the last one we didn't actually talk that much directly about spoilers. Yeah, not really. Except for a few action beat moments. I mentioned
0: where it ends, but that's about
1: it. Yeah. So for this one, it is going to be spoiler-free until maybe the ending, where we're going to have to talk about a few things in the story, um, which are probably worth talking about. Uh, But yeah, so we are going to take a listen to the trailer for Bad Boys for Life. Oh, come on, man. You can get that buffed out. No, you can get that buffed out. Remember, knock and talk. Yeah, knock, knock. Mighty Beanie, get down! What the hell happened to knock and talk? Hands behind your head right now. I got this. I'm going to penetrate this man's soul with my heart. What? Watch, Watch and, learn. and learn. Sir, I realize that you're scared. You know, sometimes...
0: How deep you think you got in his soul? I'm done, Mike. I'm a bit tiring. Uh-oh, here we go again. You want your legacy to be muscle
1: shirts and body counts?
0: Look at this mess. It's carnage. I didn't do all this. You didn't shoot anybody?
1: Well, come on, Cap. You know I shot some people.
0: Yeah. I'm sticking my neck out for you on a skinny limb, and I'm tithering at the edge of it.
1: You mean teetering, Cap?
0: That's what I said! All right, I'll just...
1: In these streets, I never trusted anybody but me. I'm asking you, man. Bad boys.
0: One last time. One last time.
1: I'm the definition of half man, half drugs, ass to clubs. Bad boy, that's who's up. He's driving so. through them all. We're not just black. We're cops too. We'll pull ourselves over later. <laughs> it's official. I survived what I've been through. Y'all got drama to You were right about the glasses. I've been telling your ass for a year.
0: He can't be stopped now. Damn, Mike. These are like HD.
1: Bad boys, bad boys. Hey, what's she gonna, 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 gonna do? What's she gonna, gonna do when we come gonna? Hey, bad hey, boys. hey, uh-uh. no, 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 never. Y'all will never do that again. Bad boys for life. All right, so that was the trailer for Bad Boys for Life. And uh, yeah, in this one, uh, our characters are much older. Um, one of them is maybe thinking about getting out of the biz, uh, trying to retire as a bad boy. And uh, the other one is still wanting to go strong and still be a bad boy for life. And um, somebody comes into town and has started killing off people who have uh, maybe participated in a few cases throughout the history of the Miami PD. And uh, our heroes need to figure out who it is that's hunting down all the people that they know, love, work with, etc., and uh, hopefully stop the bad guys before there's no one left to protect. Yep. <laughs> um, so Stephen Miller, what did you think of Bad Boys for Life?
0: I think I got a lot more enjoyment out of this movie having seen the other two so soon before it. Because it, it does do a lot of fan service of kind of like paying homage to the prior installments. And it's easy to forget when watching it that the first movie came out like 25 years ago. Like this is a yeah. long time for a franchise to just keep going with the same characters there's no passing of the baton there's no real like major shakeup or anything like they got the same guys and not just the same lead characters but like a ton of the secondary characters show up again i mean cap is back of course yeah. um uh marcus's family is still there i'm pretty sure all the actors are the same uh, yeah, yeah. there's a great reveal that i won't spoil of a character who is only in like I don't know, 45 seconds of the second movie who shows up again here in a fun way. Um, There is some joy there in just feeling like they got the gang back together in a time when the bad boy story, maybe it was never current, but certainly today it is definitely not current. <laughs> 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 the story of the, the police officers who just, like, fuck shit up to try to, like, get their own way and solve things on their own. Yeah. Um, And it... I think this is the funniest of all of them. Uh, I, I oh, yeah. think the the comedy in this movie was genuinely laugh out loud. It helped seeing it in theaters, I think, but like, I was laughing many times in this movie. Especially a scene on a plane is <laughs> extremely funny. Yeah. Um. But throughout it, it is it just a funny movie that I think like it veers between comedy and action, the best of the trilogy, and quite a bit better than the first one, which I think was the one that really tried hard to throw a lot of comedy in there. Um. I, I like that. I like the casting in this movie, too. I thought, like, Vanessa Hutchins, it was fun to see her get to be, like, a... I, I don't know what I've seen her in in the last few years, but I, I haven't gotten to see her do this kind of, like, fun, action-y sidekick role did, before. Did you
1: not see Sucker Punch? I didn't see Sucker Punch. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, so that's, that's my problem.
0: Um, yeah, there was just, in general, a lot of fun there. The The action set pieces are still really fun, but it it isn't... It is set-piece heavy, but it isn't quite as destruction-heavy, I don't think, as... Uh, I, I mean, the end. Okay, the end is destruction-heavy. <laughs> but it isn't as, like, giddily destructive as the second movie. I feel like it is more, like, let's do a well-choreographed action set-piece where the person we are chasing are trying to get, there's something interesting about their ability to get away. And there's something about, like, their dynamic... That, it it felt like it wasn't as broad, but it was as exciting to me as anything in the second movie was in the action level. Um I think the the big bad in this movie, at least the the main one who we see physically doing things most of the time. Yeah. I, I think the way he moves is really cool and interesting. I think he is a like good, threatening figure and things involving him I had a lot of fun with. And and there was just a lot of humor that comes from like the the young ammo crew kind of working with these like old guys and figuring things out that I thought was funny. So in general, I thought there was a lot of entertaining stuff about it. It is still very dumb, but there is the dumbness is grounded a little bit more in this meta reality of, you know, we're getting old. We can't do this forever. This is us having another hurrah. It would maybe be more poetic if a fourth one hadn't been announced because it could be like the last hurrah instead. Um, But I don't know. I I think it ties real stakes too. So it does something that the other movies haven't done and makes it personal right away. Like it makes there be a, a reason that Martin Lawrence's character might want to pursue that feeling of I'm out of this, I'm not doing it anymore. And a reason that Will Smith's character is going to double, triple down in his desire to be a part of the action. And I think it motivates that character growth in a way that the other movies don't do so yeah overall i think it is it is a more complete story i think the set pieces are not as phenomenal as they are in the second movie but i think they are still like enough to keep it entertaining beat to beat and overall i have i had a pretty fun time watching it so i didn't didn't love it wasn't like over the moon about it but i i had fun
1: so yeah i i this is one of those films that like you can't even take it on its own, without like looking at everything that's come before it, um, and I know that's a silly thing to say when we're talking about a trilogy here, but I really think that this film takes everything that's gone before and builds it up more and builds it up better. And I think that this film is like a matured version of everything that's happened in the last two films, mm-hmm. in a way that like honestly super impressed me. I think the the um, the relationship stuff is like solid. Before, it was like I was praising Bad Boys 2 because it did right by sort of the gaps in Bad Boys 1. This feels like full-on legit. Like, I believe these two, their relationship together and just that whole – it's not just one guy saying, like, maybe we don't need to be bad boys anymore. It's like it's a real emotion on both sides of that sort of talk like tug between the two of them and it feels like a real like emotional ride that these two be on like you feel the last 25 years of their life together and it's not just a. isn't it fun that we do all this stuff it's it's like damn we we like have been through shit and maybe we don't want to be through shit anymore we just want to get on with our lives um but things thrust them into having to be in the shit and i i really really enjoyed that aspect of it like It's been ramping up, and this one solidified itself as, like, no, like, this is, like, a serious film now. Like, the the stakes in this film, for the first time, matter from the get-go. Like, it's not just a, oh, it's just the, the bad guy of the week, and then stuff starts to get real as they get farther and farther into the thing. It's, like, from the beginning, it's like, oh, yeah, people we know and love and care about are getting killed, and we need to figure out, like what to do about that and maybe we're scared to do that because the thing that we're facing off against this time is scary compared to all the idiots that we've been fighting up until now like this is the first time that they're fighting like a serious foe who has stuff um the film has maybe a little bit of the problem of they're just inventing whole cloth this whole backstory to stuff that um on some level Kind of annoys me. It, it, it just cheapens it a little bit how they're like, well, let's just pretend like there were some bad guys that have always been around, but like they weren't involved for now, and now we're going to use them. It, I mean, the to be honest, the Fast and the Furious franchise did the same thing. Like, oh, turned out the guy you beat had a brother. Now he's really <laughs> pissed. <laughs> right? Like, now they, he's your friend. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, like, it's fine that they do that. It's not a real complaint. It's just, I, at first, I kind of felt a little bit let down that it was kind of like a retconning of a history. But then, like, the way they work it out, like, I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I'm on board for what's going on. Yeah,
0: I, I think they do that well, though I do feel, and we can talk about it if we're doing spoilers, There, there is definitely a missed opportunity, I think, to really tie it back to the original movie. And I, I can't really think of why they didn't do it, because I don't think it would have been very hard to – Tweak things and make it more specifically call back to like something about the events of movie number one, and I don't really know why they decided they just invent a whole new backstory instead. It, it doesn't really add anything to me, but whatever. Maybe there's a reason for I mean, it. I
1: mean, I think it lends to a lot of good opportunities for humor. Mm. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's <laughs> and, true. And some good opportunities for like, uh, just just shots interconnecting different things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I will say, too, that this is the first film that has not been directed by Michael Bay. Yeah, I was going to mention that, too. And what is fun is this film sort of makes fun of that. Like, there are things that – there are uh, motifs uh, that exist throughout the entire series – and this film plays with those and sort of represents them to you, and then jokingly fucks with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a great nod to the past films, but also a nod to like who these characters are and the real the realisticness of who they are now versus who they were then. Yeah. And I think that uh, that was just an, an element of this story that I found very very entertaining. Yep.
0: And well, and, and that does speak to how the action sequences feel more subdued a little bit because it doesn't have the bay sense of like horniness for cars and explosions like it is more like i'm going to craft this into more of a like a born series type of like fight you know where someone is almost spy like and we're trying to catch them you know and it, it, it feels a lot more like a kind of traditional action movie so it doesn't have quite the same unique flair but i do think it purposely calls attention to that and has fun with it so yeah it, it fits the subject matter i think there,
1: there was a funny moment earlier on in the story um, where uh he is chasing down a person who's like it's the first person that will smith has fought in the series like in hand-to-hand combat who feels as gnarly as fighting like yeah. himself right so this this character rides off on a motorcycle and then I was like, I was like, I bet you're glad you did all that work in Gemini Man. And I was, I was like, I was waiting for him to get on a motorcycle and chase after him, and then do like wheelies and shit. <laughs> but that that doesn't happen, sadly. Uh,
0: I, I was gonna say we can talk in spoilers how much this movie could tie into Gemini Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I I I think this film, I, I think this film honestly earns being brought back and having it be a trilogy instead of just these two films. Because the first one was like, cool, 90s action action flick. Second one tried to go a little bit above and beyond. And now this feels like, eh, these people are maybe getting a little older, so they want to just come back and do another fun film. And I think that this really, it, it did an honest try at being like, why do we need a third film? And it was like, well, these characters have advanced in life. They have a lot of other things going for them now this is the life that they would have and how they would sort of respect that relationship. And I, I think that this is like a, a good, earnest attempt to follow up this series. And as you said, it's a little bit tamped down by the fact that they've already announced that there's a fourth one in the works, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I assume it's doing well, and that's why they are going forward with the fourth one. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's if – you, if you thought, why do we need another Bad Boys film – this film does a good job of telling you why you need another bad boys film.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, i I think I agree with that. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make a. I I still and maybe it's because I watched them all so close together. I still don't feel franchisey about this series. Like it does, it doesn't feel like an institution the way that like like the Fast and Furious movies feel like an institution. Maybe the time gap is a big part of it, you know. But there, there's also just that. The cohesion is the characters, but because I can see it turning more franchisey, like I think this movie ends with a kind of hint that they could make it very much a like mega franchise in the years to come. But this is kind of it launching off from silly one-offs into like, now let me try to make something recurring about it. So like now I can see it really going into like later Fast and Furious territory.
1: Yeah, or potentially even literally. Yeah. True. <laughs> uh, the Will Smith is good at driving cars. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Dom could use another person on his <laughs> on his crew. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, should we get into pre-spoiler uh, verdicts? Sure. Stephen Miller, if you were going to give this film, Bad Boys for Life, a rating, would you give it a must-see, record of the caveat, wait for rental, pass to the caveat, or a must-avoid?
0: I'm going the same as before. It's uh, like i recommend with a caveat it's it's fun it's fun seeing that they kept this up for so long um i think again will smith and martin lawrence bring it like they they maintain the same level of charisma that they've always had and i think it works great in this movie but uh, one of them has aged so we can feel the passage of time slightly (laughs)
1: they do Um, they do play with that a lot like will smith looks identical yeah like in all three films he's just the same mm-hmm. so they do some jokes about like the fact that he dies as goatee because that's the only part of him that is aged yeah <laughs> and i love that because it, it is kind of shocking to watch and see all of the other characters age some a lot yeah <laughs> but will smiths is still fucking just looks a, the same a
0: drop a midnight cocoa <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it's called. Yeah,
1: I think that's what it was.
0: Uh, yeah, so it, I, I like that they pulled it off, and I think they do a good job with it. Honestly, I, I know I can't justify this because the the direction of parody is going the other way, but this reminded me of like the 21 Jump Street franchise. Like, There's something about it where it feels more silly and playful about who they are in a way that still kept the grand scope, where the first movie was playful but didn't keep the grand scope, and the second movie, I feel like kind of let go of the playfulness a bit and just let it be like a full-on action fest. Um, So it was fun that this really kind of struck that balance of like we can make fun of ourselves and still do the crazy action, but we're, we're in on the joke a little more than we had before. So had fun with it. I still don't think it's anything incredible. It's not something I'm going to be rushing out to, to see again anytime soon. But I'm totally in for Bad Boys 4. I, I feel <laughs> caught up to the franchise, and I'm ready to return to that well. Way better than Hobbs & Shaw.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Hobbs & Shaw was an unfortunate spin-off that uh, didn't really try too hard. Um, so, yeah, I am in a weird position because mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to reverse the idea of the caveat in the recommend with the caveat, because I feel like this is like, a, if, if I, if I switch it to like a, if then sort of situation, I think if you've seen the other films, this is a must see because this is a worthy sequel to sort of round out the journey that these characters have been on within the story. And that aspect of it, having kind of watched this big journey of all these characters, I really, really liked what this film did. And I think it's sort of a must see in that standpoint. Is it musty enough that you should go out and watch all three films? Maybe not. I mean, how do you feel? I <laughs> I feel like you're trolling me right now. I'm just
0: wondering because we both lived that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like we did it because we do a podcast, sure, and 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 we're we're doing our due diligence on this week's release, um, but would I recommend somebody spend six hours or six and a half, whatever it, whatever the math works out to be. It's like yeah. six and a half hours um, underground to, to see <laughs> um, to see all these films. Maybe the journey might not be worth it to everybody, but because we made the journey, I am happy with where we got to mm-hmm. um there's a famous saying that i think that sure <laughs> it's, <talk home. laughs> it's not a, it's not about the journey it's about the friends we made along the way mm-hmm. um and uh I, I like to consider these people my friends sure <laughs> uh, but no I, I i really enjoyed this whole work as it was um as you know from our rating it's been like a gradual i mean friggin it bad boys four Ever, or whatever yeah, it's going to be we're going to need called. a new rating. <laughs> it's going to be sky's the limit. Um, it might literally be sky. Maybe they'll be in Jets this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really liked it. It's technically a recommender with a caveat, but it's kind of a must-see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> All right. So. I did like it more than Six Underground, which I watched right after yeah.
1: But first 20 minutes of Six Underground, unmissable. Sure. Yep. <laughs> That's the next rating yeah, after ba- Bad Boys
0: 3 does not have a set piece as cool as the opening of Six Underground. Yeah. So Bay still got it.
1: <laughs> All right. So this is the end of the non spoiler segment for our review of Bad Boys for Life. Um, we're going to go ahead and say our goodbyes for those who don't want spoilers. And then we're going to come back with a spoiler a little territory for you. So for now, Stephen Miller, where can people find you throughout the week?
0: Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or com, where I finally did my write-up of just <laughs> all the movies that came out last year. <laughs> Why make it best of? Just all of them.
1: I, I think next year, if I would have maintained my spreadsheet throughout the year, mm-hmm. I would have theoretically had a, a full 97 film ranking uh-huh. for the year. Um, but... Uh, somewhere around June I stopped doing that. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but I would n- never have done the write-up for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, next year I really won't. I, it, it takes
0: too much out of you. <laughs> you think about a paragraph and then you multiply by 30 and it's like, wow, that's a lot of
1: shit. to That's write. 30 paragraphs. What's the synonym for good? <laughs> I don't have any more. <laughs> this film was also very good. <laughs> and with all those films that were like both about the same thing, yeah. Like, yeah. These are really good about people who want to kill themselves.
0: (laughs) Great. Four of them.
1: (laughs) Uh, But yes. Yeah, yeah. You can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilTheWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash Facebook.com slash warning, or Instagram.com slash warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilTheWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site, music for this episode will be that lovely lovely track that we all know and love bad boys theme Mm -hmm. I guess if you can call that Um, but uh, that's playing right now and once that fades away we will be in full spoiler territory so if you don't want to be spoiled for bad boys for life then uh, what you gonna do
0: yeah what you (laughs) gonna do so dumb and we said it in United <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do, and what you gonna do when they come for you, bad boys, bad boys, and what you gonna do, and what you gonna do when they come for you. You chalk it on this one, you chunk it on this one, you
1: chuck it on the- Alright, so we are back. The uh bad boys theme is going away right now, and uh this is gonna be full blown spoilers for bad boys for life coming at you right now so here we go um what would you like to talk about steven <laughs> i want to start with a question
0: yep how do you fuck a witch without a condom?
1: <laughs> oh a brew huh? <laughs> 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 um yeah, that was a great fucking scene. Yeah. <laughs> I love also I want there was only there was only one take out, outtake takeout there was only one outtake during mm-hmm. the trailer, and it wasn't even them having the conversation. It was him asking the other guy that he switches seats with if he would fuck a wish for that a condom. Yeah. And I feel like I wanted to see because Will Smith is like pouring his heart out, telling the story about how you know, he was deep, deep undercover and he got, got with this and he had basically had an affair with uh, the drug lord's yeah. wife and they were in love and she taught him how to act and how to dress and be all this stuff and then he got knocked her up and all Martin Lawrence can say is, how do you fuck a brujol without a condom? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, it that was amazing. Yeah. It, it was amazing. <laughs> Great scene.
0: Great scene. I, so, th- So that is where I think there's a missed opportunity is that like, I feel like it wouldn't have been hard to dig into the first movie and, like, pick someone who was somehow affiliated with the heist that had Mm -hmm. gone down, someone who was locked up, someone who was put behind bars, and reveal that they had a wife that he had been sleeping with on that time. Because he already is – he is sleeping with, like, the the sex worker who gets killed at the beginning of that movie. Like, we know that, like, he has – hooked up with people who are like into some criminal things in life. And I, I feel like it would have just been easy to make it be like, we are looping this all back together where my past that opened with the first movie is coming back to get me now. And let's recognize how long it's been because you can literally see the age that has taken place because he is running around and shooting people now. <laughs> yeah. Um, And instead they're just like, uh, it was 25 years ago But it was totally different, and it was before we were partners. And I feel like that just doesn't – like, why? Like, why not give us that? To me, it was weird.
1: But see, I think they make up for that problem by laying all the groundwork throughout the beginning of this film. Because we get get the – you know, sort of the beginning where uh, Marcus's daughter has her child, and – You know, you get to see uh, Marcus melt overseeing the little baby and holding, and they like – so first of all, throughout throughout the entire franchise, we've known that uh, Will Smith's character, um, Mike Lowry, is the big womanizer. He can go on and get all the ladies. He dresses to the nines. He's like just the suave, super fucking – crazy dude great
0: colored suits in every movie yeah
1: like uh, he'll go out and do whatever he can like pick up any lady it's like this thing that he is the dude brings ladies back to his like suave pad he's suave all around him and it's just suave everywhere yeah <laughs> and uh it's really about like he will never settle down and in this we see versions of things that he could have settled down with but he chose not to for whatever reason. And Marcus is constantly like, dude, yo, you want some of this. You want to settle down and just have like a real life with somebody. He's like, nah, I never will. And like it's, it's this constant story about baby scare me and I don't want to settle down with any woman. And everybody's like, have you even ever been in love? And he's like, I was in love once. And you know that shit's coming back. It's Chekhov's wife. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think that they lay the groundwork to gradually build toward this moment where for him – It's this, fuck, I have a kid. The kid's evil. I'm going to put him in the ground. Mm -hmm. And he has to go through the journey to realize that he's not mad that his son is wreaking havoc on the world and killing all these people. He's mad that he had a son, didn't know, and couldn't be there for him. And it's like he gets to go on this wild, wild, like – growth um not moment but growth journey throughout the entire film and marcus has his own thing and like the like their so first of all the thing that we didn't talk about in spoilers is that will smith gets gunned down at the beginning of this film like Mm -hmm. pretty early on by the person we'll later find out is his son and that really causes this rift between him and marcus where because we already had that Marcus sort of wanted to um, settle down and wanted to maybe stop being a bad boy and wanted mm-hmm. to – ri- in the second film, he wants to transfer and get a new partner because he thinks Marcus is too crazy. Um, and in this film, it's beyond that. He wants to just straight up retire. Mm-hmm. And that is really solidified for himself for him when he sees his partner get gunned down and, and almost killed. The film you know, tries to do a little sort of like tri- – it, it tries to – it's – I don't think it ever really thinks it has you. I think it's just kind of playing with the idea of tropes of these sort of things. Uh-huh. But they try to do a little fake out where you think it's a funeral, but it's yeah, actually yeah, a wedding, yeah. and like, like no one actually believes that he's dead. Yeah. Um, but it it is still impactful. And Marcus sort of is like, dude, I'm I'm I already wanted to be out, and this is like, I want to be out for real. Like you straight up almost died. I sat in the hospital with you for a long-ass time. I don't want to be here. And Mark uh, and Mar- uh, Mike Lowry is like, fuck this. This guy tried to kill me, and you're not even going to get my back. And it causes this, like, real legitimate huge rift between these two characters. And, of course, one more time, mm. <laughs> or second to last time, because <laughs> we're getting another film, these characters have to go out together and take on this baddie. And it's sort of like this huge journey that Will Smith's character goes on, has so much weight because it's he's willing to sacrifice his like last 25 years relationship to try to take ve- vengeance upon somebody who almost killed him. And then on top of that, has to learn that that person is a son that he didn't know he had. And everything about his persona was created by the mom that mm-hmm. birthed the thing that is trying to kill him. I, I, don't, I, I think it's like an actual pretty complex story that while it feels like, uh, Deus Ex Exposition mm-hmm. <laughs> Deus Exposition. Yep. Um it it that is like, once again, the the journey that gets taken makes up for the left fieldness of the plot as a whole. And it like it adds legitimate weight that is so much heavier than anything we've seen in the series so far that these characters who have had in real life their own whole careers doing film are now coming back to take these characters to the next level of their lives. And it just, I I thought it was really, really cool. Um, And I was happy with kind of where it worked. Yeah,
0: no, no. I mean, I think, I, I think the familial aspect is definitely good. It's there. I think it helps him having a son is cool. It is like, it's a good twist that like brings his character his character now gets to be a bad boy and also be like kind of settling down in the process because he's <laughs> he gets like, to be a dad boy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dad boys. Because <laughs> the thing that he's doing is right. I need to fix the mess that my past created. You know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I I think that's good. I do think it kind of, depending on what happens in the fourth movie, I think it may suffer from this problem. That franchises like Star Wars and stuff also have to try to work out, which is what do you do when you have a redemption arc for a character who we have seen murder beloved people on screen over and over again, right? Like, how do we have the guy that killed the captain, like, and, you know, a hundred other people in this movie, how on earth are we supposed to in that final moment when like he doesn't die and he's like being, he's limping out and he's on the shoulders of, you know, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Yeah. How does that not have a little cognitive dissonance? And I get it. I'm cool with it. I get it. They even do a better job than most where Will Smith is like, look, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. You've done a lot of shit, you know, but I will be there for you. I, I get that. I just think it, it goes so far. It's, It still just makes me wonder what they're going to do with it in the next movie. But that said, I like the guy a lot, and I like him being related to Will Smith. I think it is a cool, like, Gemini Man-type twist where Will Smith is now— Mike Lowry is going up against Mike Lowry, right? The one person he can't beat is the young version of him. Yeah, The the version of him who has, like, more stamina and more energy and cooler gadgets and everything. And— you never in this movie feel like Will Smith has a shot at beating him in anything. Like he is just better than him in every way. Yeah. yeah. Um and I and I think that's a cool dynamic. So yeah, I I had fun with it. Uh we toyed with it before, but I just wanted to mention that I love that Reggie came back in his movie. <laughs> the uh yeah, the guy who was dating uh Marcus's daughter in the last movie. Yeah. So not a major role like i went to find him in imdb just to see the actor name and he was like number like 40 listed or something oh, wow. like they really they just went back and got him <laughs> and, yeah, yeah i always i gotta respect when they
1: can do that yeah, yeah. no that was fun <laughs> yep <laughs> uh any last things to talk about uh, wait, wait, we'll say this like the, will smith's d- description of This woman being the witch and, like, being, you know, so crazy and just kill people for fun. She doesn't seem that strong when we finally—everything comes down with it. She really needs her son. Mm. I mean, I guess she's, like, trained him to be so deadly. and like she bewitched him. Yeah. Part of her using her skills is that.
0: The black magic thing is also weird because they say it. Like, he talks about it. But the only thing we really see of her that is— which, like, is a distraction that she does in the beginning of the movie where she's chanting something and it's revealed, you know, immediately to be a way to throw the guard off her game so she yeah. can then stab her and cause this kind of uproar. Um, so it is, like, yet another thing where there's this, like, deus exposition that's going on where he's like, she's a witch, just take my word for it. And then the movie never really does anything to make you believe that she is, like, actually into that shit beyond, yeah. like, dressing in black and like using mildly creepy ways to distract people when she's fighting.
1: Yeah. Well, it could also be like a, like a black beard sort of thing where Mm -hmm. it's like, it's the equivalent of putting like fuses in your beard to make smoke come out and make you look like a apparition or something. So I buy that. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're probably done. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) All right. Well, hopefully you enjoyed that triple review of the bad boys trilogy um we will see you next time bye what about lethal weapon no you seen dire dude no bad boys too no you ain't
0: seen bad boys too